All right, go ahead and uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Uh, Acts chapter 4, we're going to continue trekking along through the book of Acts. And it's, it's perfect how God is using this sermon series as we're walking through the book of Acts in our current context with what we're struggling with here in America, with what we're going through here, uh, uh, not only in America, but across the entire world uh, with this coronavirus situation. And, and so uh, uh, I, I know I, I don't know if you're tired of us trying to relate uh, a lot of what we're going through, but it's just it's easily applicable um, with what we are going through. And, and, and I think I think what especially what we're going to learn through today's text is that God is going to use um, what's happening um, for our good and his glory. And, and that's something that that we can be encouraged by. The title of today's message is God's Sovereignty and Man's Difficulties. Um, so we're going to look at how God sovereignly works through our difficulties for our good. And uh, and, and so let's go ahead and uh, uh, read the scripture. Uh, if you're there, say word, a comment word, hit a like or a, a love button, you know, whatever y'all want to do. But uh, yeah, if you're there, um, let's go ahead and read it. Acts 4, uh, beginning of verse 23, it says this. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus, And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we are thankful for your word. And Lord, even though we are not able to gather together at this moment, we are thankful that we have technology to where we can still get the preaching of the word out, to where we can still have our people to be edified and encouraged through it. And so God, I pray that you would do that through the preaching of your word, that you would edify us, encourage us in this difficult time that we are in. Help us to see that it is through your sovereignty that we can trust you. God, we're thankful for who you are. We ask this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. All right, so John Payton. I know I've mentioned him a few times. I'm, I'm reading through his autobiography right now. John Payton was a missionary to the New Hebrides. Uh, back in the mid to late 1800s. Now, uh, the New Hebrides were uh, a chain of islands and, and they were filled with violent cannibals. They were filled with people who ate other people. You know, if you have any children in, in, in the room, I apologize, but it, it was pretty violent what they, what they went through. In fact, when, when John Payton had announced that he was going to the New Hebrides to be a missionary, uh, there was somebody that actually said, you know, the cannibals, the cannibals, they're, they're going to eat you. 
And uh, you'll be eaten by cannibals is really, I think, what the quote said. And and Peyton responded by saying that that whether whether I go and preach the gospel to these cannibals and are eaten by them or whether I stay and die and are eaten by worms in the grave, either way, I'm going to be eaten. So let's go ahead and preach the gospel. Totally paraphrase that. But that's basically what he was saying is that our bodies are going to be eaten anyway. And so he goes to the New Hebrides and while on the island, um, you know, he, he took his wife with him. They had a child, but his wife died at, during childbirth because she had gotten sick. And then just a short period after that, his child died. I mean, Peyton, in, he had to endure so many difficulties while being a missionary to the New Hebrides. But one of the difficulties was the constant threat on his life as a missionary. He, he says here, in, in his autobiography, he says, our continuous danger caused me now oftentimes to sleep with my clothes on that I might start at a moment's warning. I mean, there were people who would show up in the middle of the night and would be threatening to kill him because he was, he had come to a pagan island to share the gospel of his God, but yet they thought that his God was an enemy of their gods. And so this is what he writes on one occasion. This is where I wanted to to get to with this. He says this, A wild chief followed me around for hours with his loaded musket, and though often directed towards me, God restrained his hand. I spoke kindly to him and attended to my work as if he had not been there, fully persuaded that my God had placed me there and would protect me till my allotted task was finished. Looking up in unceasing prayer to our dear Lord Jesus, I left all in his hands and felt immortal till my work was done. Trials and hairbreadth escapes strengthened my faith and seemed only to nerve me for more to follow. And they did tread swiftly upon each other's heels. Peyton was no stranger to um, persecution. He was no stranger to life's difficulties. I mean, there was this this one instance where a a chief of, of one of the tribes had a loaded musket aimed at him constantly throughout an entire day. He would follow him and have his gun, his his loaded musket aimed at him, ready to fire and kill him. And what did Peyton do? Peyton prayed, and he trusted in God's sovereignty that God had him there for a reason to do what it is that God had wanted him to accomplish. And so here, I think it's fitting that we are in this text to, to today because Peyton understood what Peter and John had been through. As we read here with Peter and John, just to give a little bit more context from the past few weeks, Peter and John had had gone to, to a temple, had had preached the gospel, had had healed a lame man. And then after preaching the gospel, after healing him, uh, they, they were brought before a council. And this council, after, after asking them, asking them questions, this council told them to not speak the gospel again. And Peter and John respond with, we cannot but speak this gospel. And so this is where we are now. They have come back from this council. The council could not do anything to them publicly except just threaten them. And so they've come back and they've told their friends what had happened. And so here we find ourselves where Peter and John are having to respond to this situation, this difficult time in their life. Now, just to just to let you know, this text is primarily about persecution. 
of, of how Peter and John and the other apostles are now entering into what it looks like in this world as a people opposed to them in the gospel that they preach. But we're going to apply this text to all of life's difficulties, not just persecution and opposition, but trials and tribulation, suffering. How do we as believers respond in times of, of, of difficulty? So the theme, if, 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 if we want to have one for today is this, because of God's sovereignty, believers can trust him in difficult times. Because of God's sovereignty, believers can trust him no matter, no matter how hard times may get. They can always trust God. And so let's go ahead and pop into it. So uh, today I have three reasons why we can trust God in life's difficulties. Number one, we can trust God in difficult times by going to God in prayer, by going in prayer to the throne of God. Tim Keller once said this. This is, this is a great quote. I love this quote. He says, The only person who dares wake a king at 3 a.m. for a glass of water is a child. And we have that access. That's what he says. As children of God, we can go to him at 3 a.m. for something as simple as what, as what he says, a glass of, 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 of water, a simple need. And the king of all the universe will listen to us. That is encouraging. That's amazing. As children of God, we have access to God. As we look at verses 23 and 24, Luke tells us this. He says, when they were released, Peter and John, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. They prayed after, after they had, they, they, after they had shared everything that, that, that had happened, they went to God in prayer before they did anything else. They went to God in prayer. Why? Let me ask you, why is it that prayer is our last resort when it should be our first resort? Why is it? Why is it that we feel like we only go to God in prayer when we're at our wits end? When we're at the very bottom and we can't do anything else. When really, as what we see here in this text, before they even discuss what to do next, before they even start talking about how to handle the situation, they just go to God. They go to God in prayer. Check out the confidence that they have. They confidently were able to go to the creator of the universe. They were confidently able to come before God. Why? Because of what they believe about God. See, I can tell, I can tell what you believe about God by your prayer life. I can tell what you believe about the sovereignty of God, about the goodness of God, about the grace of God by your prayer life. Do you go to God in difficult times or do you still rely on your own strength? See, they are confident not in themselves, but in who God is. They confidently came to the throne of God, knowing that as children of, of, of God, they're freely to do that. They were confident with it. Your prayer life is an expression of who you believe God is. See, these, these apostles, they, they recognize that they could not continue on without God's provision. That they, that they needed to go to God first. 
They recognized that they could not continue on without him. Oswald Chambers once said that prayer doesn't prepare us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. That, 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 that we fight on our knees first and foremost. That no matter what difficulty may come, the first thing we do is we fight on our knees by pleading to the sovereign God of the universe to work for His glory and for our good. Time spent in prayer is not wasted time. Can I say that again? Time spent in prayer is not wasted time. Time spent in prayer is truly beneficial time. Prayer should be priority. The apostles went to God in prayer confidently, and not only confidently, they also went to God in prayer with unity. Check out verse 24. They lifted their voices together to God. See, they were in the same situation. that This difficulty that had come, they're in it together. Isn't that amazing that as brothers and sisters in Christ, we are all in it together? That no matter, that's what I love about a local church. That when one person suffers, we are all in it together by pleading with them, by pleading for them. We are all in it together by serving each other. And, and we're going to see this next Sunday as we look at how they had everything in common. At how this, this, this fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit is what brings them closer together. It's amazing how we are united. And especially today, guys, have you noticed that this whole COVID-19 situation, it's actually one of the first times in history where the entire world is suffering with the same thing, except for sin. You know, we can argue that. But it's actually the first time where we are all praying for the same thing. We're all in it for the same reason. We're, we're all suffering together. And so here we see that they go to God in unity. And this is a time, guys, this is a time where the church can be united together in prayer. And we're going to look at what that prayer looks like in just a, in just a little bit. So firstly, we can see that in difficult times, we can go in prayer to the throne of God. So here's number two. Number two, in difficult times, we can find comfort in the sovereignty of God. We can find comfort in the sovereignty of God. Look at verse 24. And when they had heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, if, you, if you're like me and you like to circle and underline in your Bibles, I want you to circle or underline Sovereign Lord. They said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. They called him Sovereign Lord because he is the one who controls all things. He is the one who works out all things as we see throughout Scripture. That He is sovereignly working within every single molecule and atom that is within this world. That He is He is working through it. And that should encourage us. Sovereign Lord, You are in complete control. That's what they're calling out. They're calling Him Sovereign Lord. And secondly, they're calling Him Creator. The one who has made all things, who not only has made all things, but who owns all things. And not only who owns all things, but who controls all things. If God is not sovereign of all, He's not sovereign at all. If God is not God of all, He's not God at all. So we have to understand that God is sovereign over every single 
thing in this world. And this is why, have you heard this, heard this question? I know this is a very popular question. If God is sovereign, then why pray? If God is in complete control, then why pray? My response, as what many believers' responses should be, is this, that if God is sovereign, why not pray? If God is in complete control, if God can do all things, if God is all powerful and all good, and God does all things for His glory and for our good, then why not pray? Why not plead for the God who will listen to us? Why not bring our request to the God who will answer us? Now, we may not always get the answer we want, but He will still answer us. He still listens to us. If God is sovereign, why not pray? See, check this out. You might want to write this down or just kind of remember this. God's sovereignty shouldn't stop prayer. Rather, it should stir prayer. God's sovereignty shouldn't stop prayer. Rather, it should stir prayer. Because God is sovereign, it should, it should stir within us. Man, we need to go to God with this situation. Cause he's in, he's in control of it. Especially this COVID-19. You think, do you think that this little bitty virus that is affecting this whole world, do you think that this little bitty virus is in more control than God is? You don't think God is in control of this situation? He's working through it. He's in complete control over it. He's working all things out for his glory and, and for his purposes. We have to remember that. Matthew 6 is, Matthew 6 is one of my favorite passages when it comes to anxiety. And, 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 and Matthew shows us throughout this text that if God is, if God's going to feed the animals, if God's going to clothe the grass, if, if God's going to do all these things, then don't you think God's going to do it for you too? To where we don't need to be anxious about anything. We don't need to worry about anything because we serve a sovereign God who is in complete control. We serve a sovereign God who takes care of all things. We don't have to ask, what will we drink? What will we eat? What will we wear? We are not to worry. Instead, we are to seek first the kingdom of God, according to Matthew 6. When it comes to God's sovereignty, Augustine tells us this. He says, we are to pray as though everything depends on God and work as if everything depends on you. I'm going to say that again. This is Augustine. He says, pray as though everything depends on God and work as if everything depends on you. That's how we are to see God's sovereignty. So are you anxious this, this morning? Will you find comfort in the sovereignty of God? Because that, that comforts me. If God is not completely con, in, in control of all things, then then that means that this COVID-19 virus is in control and we we have nowhere to run. If God is not completely sovereign over all things, then that means that there are other things that have more control than God does. And then that means that that's not God. That means we cannot trust Him, that we cannot rely on Him. But God is the God of all creation. He is our King and our Lord and He rules and reigns. And we can trust that. Look at verse 24. <clears throat> I keep having to go back to my page. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices to, together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our holy father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered to, together against the Lord and against his anointed. See here, they're quoting from Psalms 2. 
And Psalms 2 is a, was fulfilled in Christ because it is a prophecy referring to, or, or, or talking about the, 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 uh, Herod and Pontius Pilate and all them who went against Christ and crucified him because that's answered in verse 27. For truly in this city, they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Don't be afraid of that word predestined. It just means determined beforehand. They that God had determined beforehand for this to happen, that Christ will be crucified, that the crucifixion of of Christ was always plan A. If God is sovereign over the crucifixion of Jesus, then is he not sovereign over our troubles and our difficulties of each and every single day? If he is if he is the one who sent his only son purposefully to die and to be resurrected, if he is the one who sent Christ to pay for our sins, then don't you think that he will do anything and everything through your life's difficulties to work it out for his glory and for your good? We may not like it. We may not like what we go through. But James tells us that we are to count it as pure joy when trials come to us because it produces steadfastness. It produces spiritual maturity. And we see with persecution, Matthew 5, Jesus says, Blessed are those who are, who are persecuted for my namesake. Persecution is a blessing because we are persecuted in the same way Christ was. And that's what's happening with Peter and John here. They're recognizing that this persecution is a following of what Christ has already gone through. And they're looking to God's sovereignty. They're finding comfort in him. Verse 29, and now look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. They've recognized that it is, it, these are the same people who crucified Jesus. And they know that God sovereignly worked through that situation. That not only did he work through it, he predestined it. And that he has now brought about for Christ to be crucified and then resurrected. And so now they're looking to God and saying, God, will you work through this for us? Will you give us boldness? They're finding comfort in the sovereignty of God. God's sovereign plan over the crucifixion. Church, if if God's willing to send his son for us, if we are willing to trust God in, in that, then can we not trust God with our troubles? Can we not trust God with our difficulties? Let's have a little bit of real talk here. God, God is using this coronavirus situation. And I, I know you're probably tired of hearing about it and reading about it and seeing it. It's all over Facebook. I mean, like, it's just, it is everywhere. But I know there's a lot of people out there who are struggling and that are that are anxious and are worried about what's going to happen. Are our businesses going to open back up? Are people going to have jobs back? Or am I going to get sick? Is my mom or dad going to die if they end up getting it? I know there's a lot of anxiety going on right now. But here's the thing that we need to remember is that God is using this situation for his purpose. That people will come to know him through this. That the church will go, will grow through this. That individual believers will draw closer to Him through this. And most importantly, God will be glorified through this. He works out all things for His glory and our good. We can be encouraged by that in Romans 8. 
And, and understand this, that the coronavirus is not the worst thing to ever happen in, in human history. The worst thing that ever happened in human history happened to a man and he volunteered for it on the cross. He willingly obeyed and went to the cross for your sin so that you may be reconciled to God. Understand that that is the worst thing to ever happen. But not only was it the worst thing, it was the best thing. Because of Christ's crucifixion, because of His sacrifice, we can come to know God personally and we can be reconciled to Him. So find comfort in the sovereignty of God because God works throughout the worst situations to bring out the best purposes that He has. Remember that. Find comfort in the sovereignty of God. Not only do we go in prayer to the throne of God in difficult times, not only can believers find comfort in the sovereignty of God in, in difficult times, thirdly, believers can receive strength through the presence of God in difficult times. Check out verse 29. All right, let's, yeah, verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. I love this. They come to God in prayer with their situation in their in the midst of their opposition and persecution. They don't ask for protection. They don't ask for judgment to be thrown on their opposers. What do they ask for? They ask for boldness. They ask for strength to continue witnessing and preaching the gospel. In other words, um, Dr. Moeller from Southern Seminary in his commentary, uh, he says something along these lines. He says, in other words, don't let us weaken or compromise. Instead, strengthen us. Don't let us fail. Continue to work out your purposes, God, and keep us working in boldness for your purposes. That's basically the prayer. And let me ask you, what if that was the church's prayer today? In the midst of life's difficulties, what if it was our prayer for, for God? Would you, would you continue working all things out for your purposes and strengthen us so that you may use us to work out things for your purposes? God, use us as you see fit. What if that was our prayer? What if it was our prayer for God to, to help us to remain strong when times are tough? To not falter, to be used for His purposes as He continues working for His. Can you imagine what that would look like? Can you imagine what our community would look like? Can you imagine what our church would look like if that was our prayer? Not, not, for, not for God to protect us. I mean, even though that is a good prayer, we see it throughout Scripture that, that, that God is our shelter, that, 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 that He is our strong tower. But God, guys, what if our prayer more so was that God would strengthen us when times are tough, that God would use us? This is a great, this is a great time. I've seen churches who, who, who have said this, and I'm probably going to steal it from them. They've said that this is not a time of crisis. This is a time of opportunity for the church. This is not a time of crisis. This is a time of opportunity. It is an opportunity for us to make a stand and to continue preaching the gospel. Let me tell you, God uses times like this to draw people closer to him, to save people. When people realize that all they have is Christ, that's when they go to him. When they realize all they need is, is Christ, that's when they go to him. 
And right now, we are realizing that we don't need all these other things within this world. That we don't need entertainment. That we don't need uh, uh, money. We, pe- people are learning to survive without it. But what we do realize we need, more importantly than all these things, is God. Because understand, and I know you're probably tired of hearing it, but I'm not going to get tired of, of saying this, that there's a greater sickness in, in, in this world than COVID-19. There's a greater sickness in this world than cancer. And that sickness is our sin. And Christ is our remedy. And so church, let me ask you, do you need do you need strength by God right now? Do you need strength through His presence? Because here, after their prayer, God reveals His presence. How does He do that? Look at verse 30. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. They finished praying. And then verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. We see this in the Old Testament. That when God brings his presence, like like in Exodus, when God comes to the temple, or I'm sorry, it was on the mountain. When God's presence on the mountain, the, 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 the area was shaken, it trembled. We see throughout the Old Testament that God's presence is revealed when the place is shaken. And this place was shaken. Let me tell you, it encouraged his apostles. It encouraged the believers here. That when God shook the place, and let me tell you guys, God's ready to shake our church. God's ready to shake the church of this world in this time. I can tell you that right now. This is not me trying to be cheesy or, 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 or anything like that. I'm being serious. God is able to use us in times like this for his purposes. He wants to shake us. And then secondly, we see his presence not only in that the place was shaken, but in that the people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now listen, this is not a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit from Acts 2. They're still baptized with the Holy Spirit. They're not being rebaptized, but they're being freshly filled. What does that mean? I see it as, as, as God is, is encouraging them and is strengthening them that there's, there's this unction getting put into them as, as they're being freshly filled with the Holy Spirit. They're being reminded of who God is. They're, they're feeling His presence. And what are they doing? They're receiving boldness to continue preaching the gospel. So what do we do in difficult times? We we go to the throne of God in prayer. We find comfort in the sovereignty of God and we receive strength through the presence of God. Why? This isn't just so that we can we can just endure bad times. This is so that we can continue the mission. The mission to preach the gospel. The mission to make disciples. Because guys, our mission is not put on hold right now. Just because we are in a crisis, just because we're in a pandemic, this does not mean the Great Commission is at a halt. This means that we need to step it up and we need to start preaching. We need to start sharing the gospel. We need to let the gospel fly. And we need to pray for God to strengthen us in this difficult time to be bold, to stand for God's word. So let me ask you, have you, have you, have you done that? Do you need a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit? Just go to God and ask for it. God wants to encourage you. He wants to embolden you. He wants to put you on fire. I'm serious. He wants to use you for his purposes. So as we encounter life's difficulties, listen, we can go to God in prayer. We can find comfort in the sovereignty of God. And we can find strength through the presence of God. And maybe you need that this morning. 
Maybe you are listening and, 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 and maybe you've been down and, and you've been in the dumps and, and you just need some new encouragement. Ask God for a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. Ask God to, to put some fire under you, to give you some unction, to, to remain bold in these difficult times. Ask God to encourage you. Ask Him to strengthen you. Maybe, maybe you're listening and you've been anxious. And, and, and worried. Man, find comfort in the sovereignty of God. It's all throughout Scripture that God works out all things for, his, for, for our good and His glory. That, that God has a plan and a purpose for all things. Find comfort in that. Find comfort in, in the fact that it was God's plan to, for His Son to be crucified. And if God was willing to do that, is He not willing to take care of you? Is He not willing to give you your needs? Remember that. Go to God in, in, in prayer. I, I posted something this, this past week about believers who are anxious. You know, there are so many things we can do in times of anxiety. We, we, can, we, we can cut off social media. We can cut off the news. We, we need to go outside, get some sunshine. We need to eat some fruits and veggies. We may need to go for a walk or for, for, for a run. You know, we need to call a friend, maybe not text, but call hear hear a voice. But let me tell you, the best thing we can do, the most important thing we can do in times of anxiety and worry and stress and difficulty, the best thing we can do is go to God. Go to God in prayer. Go to God in His Word. Be be reminded of what His Word shows us, the promises that He has for us. Because because God sent His Son, because He was sovereign to accomplish that, we see that He is sovereign to to remember and fulfill His promises, to keep them. He will never leave us nor forsake us, that He will always be there. And remember this too, guys, that this, this is not just for in difficult times. This is for always. We as believers, we are always to go to God in, in, in prayer, not just when times are bad, but when times are good. We are to always find comfort in the sovereignty of God, not just when times are bad, but also when times are good. And we can always, always receive strength through the presence of God, not just when times are bad, but also when times are, are good. Always we're to do this. This should be something we should live by. I pray it is something you are living by. To the unbeliever that is listening to this message, I pray that you heard the gospel in it, that Christ died for our sins, that you were lost that, 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 that apart from, remember what I said, that this is for believers. That we find these encouragements and these promises from God as believers, as believers in Christ. And so for those that are listening that are lost, what, can I plead with you to run to God, to run to Jesus, to put your faith and trust in Him. If you, if you are, are, are questioning that, if you're wondering about that, would you message us? Would you let us know how we can pray for you? Would you, would you let us know how, 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 you know, whether we need to talk to you more about it? And most importantly, if you make a, a decision through this, through this service, shoot us a message. Maybe you've, maybe, maybe you've been encouraged and, 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 you know, maybe you want to rededicate your life to, life to Christ. Maybe in, in other words, not be resaved, but maybe you've repented of, of some sin that's holding you back, maybe maybe you've turned back to Christ. Let us know that. Or if you finally put your faith and trust in Jesus, definitely let us know that too. We want to hear that. I'm going to pray, and we got our 
uh, uh, Pastor Leto and, and uh, Trey is going to come up and we're going to sing our last song, How He Loves Us. It's so perfect for what we just got done talking about. It is through God's love that we are able to make it through difficult times because all of this is all because of God's love for us. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for your word. We are thankful for who you are. God, I pray that as we continue in this time that you would strengthen us, Lord, that you would help us as we um, seek to live for you, God. You are such a good God. Uh, Lord, for the unbelievers, grab their hearts, help them to know that you are there, that you're present, that you save and heal. And so, God, we pray for that. For those that are worried, we pray that you would strengthen them, embolden them. For those that are wondering what to do next, I pray, God, that you would help them to find comfort in your sovereignty. God, help us during this time. Use us. Let it be our prayer as the church that you use us during this time as you see fit to accomplish your purposes. Help us to work. Strengthen us. Do not let us falter. Help us to be bold at this time to share your gospel. We thank you for who you are. In your son's precious name we pray. Amen.